The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 41st birthday today. Appropriately, happy birthday to the GOAT, Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, nice. I'll take that one. Dirk is 41 today, which is also his number. First four through the door. Andrew Christensen, I think that's the first time he's been first. Uh, Tony Blaylock, Phil Vaney, and Rob Hadaway. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the show. This uh, today is Wednesday, June nineteenth, two thousand. I'm gonna start saying "Welcome to the show." Sure, do whatever you people. want. There's literally no rules to this show. <laughs> Parents are out of town. No rules. <laughs> um, today is Wednesday, June nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. One hundred and sixty-two days till Thanksgiving. Episode seven seventy-one. Seven seventy-one. Don Carmen's ERA in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Those two and one-third innings in nineteen ninety-two. Mm, who could forget? On today's show, guys, Powers is here. We're gonna so- talk. Oh, hey, 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 no one told you to talk, buddy. Stop. Powers is here. We're going to talk recruiting <laughs> coming up here in a little bit in the back half of the show. Um, we're going to hear from a pair of coaches, Terrell coach, new Terrell coach, Marvin Sedbury Jr., and definitely not new Abilene Wiley no. coach, Hugh Sandifer. He's been there 20-something years. Yeah. He's been there a long time. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll hear from both those guys coming up here at the back half of the show. Um a little, a small update. Okay. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insiders. Yeah. Uh, could receive their magazine like as early as today. Mm. It may be in the mail. Mm. It may be like when you get home, it might be in the mail. I don't. Yeah. I, I can't promise anything because I don't control the mail. But um, I, be- I know they've been sent. Mm. That is what I can tell you. Mm. And so, if you're a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, the magazine 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football should be coming to you uh, post haste. Uh, it will hit store shelves the first week in July. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but yeah, but you can become a Dave Campbell's Tex Football Insider right now. Textfootball.com slash insider and we'll mail you a magazine. How about that? Don't run around to Walmart, HEB, Brookshire's. Just <laughs> let's mail it to you. Oh, easy. All right. <coughs> okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. Sure. Okay. I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers. And this is This Week in Cruton. Powers is here from Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowers. Scouts and follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at Next Level D One. Hello, Powers. What's going on? How are things in Recruitville? Oh, it's getting ready to pick up State I, Seven on Seven tournament uh, next week. Is that, is that big? Fun? This, this is a dumb question because I go out there and I enjoy Seven on Seven just from a purely I like football and I don't care who knows perspective. From a recruiting perspective, do you feel like you get a, a decent amount out of out of this? It gives you a really good chance to see maybe some players that you wouldn't have otherwise mm-hmm. had the opportunity opportunity to see, especially the smaller schools. Mm-hmm. You know, when because by and large if you have a big time recruit that's a skilled position guy, your team's going to be mm-hmm. pretty decent at 7 on 7. Yeah. So, 
there's been a lot of players that have been discovered there throughout the years, or at least if not discovered, uh, you find out a lot more about them. They're, they're big time. Get guys. to get some eyes on them yeah, and stuff like that. Definitely. Uh, let's get into this weekend recruiting. A number of things to get to, per usual. We'll start with our prospect on the rise, going down to the Houston area. And um, one of the Houston area powerhouses um, has an outstanding playmaker. We're going to take a look at Houston St. Pius the tenth wide receiver and cornerback Seth Jones. Uh, this is a guy who at one point was a Boston College commit. I know that he's added a few other offers uh, from within the boundaries. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, about uh, Seth Jones out of Houston St. Pius? First off, he's a tremendous athlete. He's been playing on that St. Pius team that's been loaded with wide receiver talent like Jalen Curry and um, – they had the guy Grant Gannell. Grant Gannell at quarterback, but they also sent um, oh yeah Texas A and M yeah golly last I'm, year too. I'm blanking. Uh, me too. Uh, that's <laughs> a, but that's okay. We're talking about Seth, and yep. that's who the one that matters mm-hmm. today. Um, picked up Baylor, Texas A and M, Houston this week after uh, some good camp performances. He he was really strong at the Houston opening. He ran a you know four six mm-hmm. laser time forty, which is pretty good, good at his size uh, one thing that's interesting is is that a lot of people thought that he was definitely probably going to be a wide receiver but he's camped at cornerback hmm. and with his size I think that's really what has made some of these bigger schools start to pull the trigger on him that he's shown an ability that he can play in the defensive backfield you won't see that on his highlight tape but I think that's maybe what he's going to do if he goes to a big program. Well, because now that's that's the coin of the realm. The coin of the realm is the big corner, right? It's right. Getting, getting the corner who's larger than 5'10", basically. And here he is at six foot 180. Um, uh, Seth Jones, um, a, a, certainly a prospect on the rise there at Houston St. Pius X. Um, keep an eye on him. Uh, our commit of the week is, is, is not really a commit of the week. It's more of like... Um, a school that got the commits of the week, right? Uh, let's let's have an honest conversation about Arkansas because Arkansas, we knew when Chad Morris took over there in 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 Hog Country that they were going to make inroads in Texas, but I don't know if anybody necessarily saw them making the kind of inroads they've made already. Um, one of them is a uh, totally unsurprising commitment. Right. Um, and that would be Highland Park quarterback Chandler Morris. That is, of course, the son of Chad Morris. Not necessarily a stretch, because uh, as uh, as Chad Morris tweeted after he after he committed, he'd been working on his mom for a while. You know, trying to trying tweet. to yeah. But uh, but the other one, North Shore running back John Gentry. Um, I think that this is a a guy who people may not know because again, Zach Evans right. is such a, a looming figure. But this guy is a stud. Twenty twenty uh, running back. Arkansas picks up a pair of big time commitments this week. And it's, I feel like we're talking about Arkansas every other week on the, the podcast right now they're recruiting this week in recruiting um, mm-hmm. it's just because seven of their nine commitments in this class are from Texas yeah and that's uh, I'm like I'm, I'm like with you you know Arkansas has a pretty decent pool of talent the Razorbacks have always recruited you know five to ten players from that state every year powering a lot of the homegrown talent uh, for their team in the SEC go to Missouri go to Oklahoma Texas and Louisiana. Um, now they can can expand their footprint into Georgia and Florida, you know, but do they need to now yeah. with the success that they're having in Texas? I don't know that that's uh, necessary. Um, and a lot of recruits still buzz about the Hogs, but Morris to me I think is a huge pickup. We lean towards him for the the crew of the week, uh, the commit of the week this week over Gentry just because he rates a little bit higher in the ratings. 66 touchdowns last season, over 4,000 passing yards. Um, and I think there's a good debate to be had with Chandler Morris. Hmm. 
We know he fits into the offensive scheme. No way. At Arkansas. <laughs> but is the SEC the best spot for him? I think it's – I mean, we kind of talked about it in the office. I think it's a hot debate. Um, would he be better serviced in Big 12 country or mm-hmm. – does he fit in the SEC? Does so, that style of play suit him? Uh, I want to be clear whenever we talk about Chandler Morris. Like, his dad could be Bill Morris, okay? And he would still be an outstanding recruit. Right. I, I think that that's worth mentioning because I think there's there's always this notion of like, oh, well, coach's kid, there's nepotism and things like that. Plenty that, of offers out there for him. Yes. Right. Yeah. Go ask go ask everyone who, who threw him an offer knowing probably that it was a futile exercise, but they've got to try to keep, put their hat, hat in the ring for him. Uh, but Chandler Morris is a bona fide prospect, plain and simple. Um I, I, the point, your point's well taken about how how he fits in. Obviously, the offense is geared in many respects towards his skill set because you know he right. grew up in it quite literally. But I will also say that I, I do think that that there is something to be said for in the SEC at this point. You have to have. I don't say want to say you have to have a runner at the quarterback position, but you've got to have a truly mobile quarterback. Chandler Morris is not a runner. Chandler Morris is a is a functional has functional mobility, a guy who can move around the pocket, a guy who can't escape the pocket and make throws on the run. Yep. But nobody's gonna nobody's gonna mistake him for Johnny Manziel. Nope. You know, unlike I would say to a certain extent, John Stephen Jones, the former you know now at Arkansas, and the, the former Highland Park quarterback, who was more of a runner. Right. That's what makes this really interesting. Is the is that. In, in the SEC, which is becoming a little bit more of a, of a mobile quarterback league, here's a guy who's more of a pa- pocket passer. And, and I wonder how he's going to fit in there in, in, in the SEC. It's, it's super interesting. To me. Well, I really like his – you kind of touched on it already. His pocket awareness, his mm-hmm. ability to get outside the pocket and keep his eyes downfield to complete a pass. And I will say this. I rarely see him take a shot at yes. the high school level. And they're playing pretty good teams in mm-hmm. Texas. I mean, playing some darn good teams. So they they played a lot of playoff teams recently. And he will pull the ball down and run on the high school level. I don't think that's necessarily going to be his wheelhouse once he gets to college. Maybe if things break down and mm-hmm. there's huge chunks of field, but I don't see him. He's a he's smart enough to know when to slide. He's smart enough to know when to use the sidelines. I don't think you're going to see him take a lot of shots. I'm I'm really high on him mm-hmm. personally. My rankings reflect. Him as the number 25 player in the state right now, which mm. is considerably higher probably mm-hmm. than a lot of the other competitions. How tall is he? 6'1"? He's 5'11". 6'6"? Okay. Six foot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll say this about Chandler Morris. I have never been more sure that he was a coach's kid, that anybody was a coach's kid more than if, like, if you give me blind tape and you didn't tell me who this guy was, I could tell you, like, there are things that he does that just, you're like, oh, yeah, no, he's... He's a coach's kid. Max, I remember you telling mm-hmm. me during the middle of the season, because uh, before I had had a chance to see him, you saw him, and you said he is just – he's footwork and accuracy. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think the thing that stood out uh, was that, that comeback win over College Station, I think, in the area round last mm-hmm. year. College Station's a really good defensive team, really fast in the trenches, right? Um, and they had to make a comeback, and it, it was every, every throw on the money, right? Yeah. Strong arm, quick feet, accurate arm. I mean, all the things that you really need when uh, – when maybe your athleticism isn't going to save you, right? And you don't, or maybe you don't have the athleticism to save you. When those guys are barreling in on you, I mean, just surgical throws, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we talk about that too. That's one of those things, especially uh, at the college level, that accuracy is becoming more and more valuable. I think it's always been valued, obviously, but it, it became. I don't know if it. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Powers, but 
it seems like there was maybe a decade there where like accuracy was not as important as like mobility, like gunslinging, and it, and it feels like it's coming back now. Like if a guy can make those throws really consistently, it's it's the stock is going up quicker. Uh, and I also think leadership is coming right. back mm-hmm. in a in a strong way, and, and everybody points to the last two Heisman Trophy winners at Oklahoma and Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and and want to follow a map to success that those guys have had in Norman and Chandler Morris fits in that vein. And and I agree with you hundred percent. What stood out to me watching him at the opening in Dallas next to all of these other big time quarterbacks. And I, I feel like by and large, it kind of went unnoticed by some of the other scouts and attendants were his f- consistent footwork mm-hmm. technique and accuracy. He can put the ball where he wants to and yeah. he's a coach's kid i think that that's a good recipe for right. success on the next level i yeah i totally agree and i think that it's going to be really interesting to, to see and, and you mentioned the the phrase consistent footwork right you'll see guys you'll you'll see quarterbacks that have that you say oh man that's great footwork on one play and then when um it hits the fan suddenly right. they forget how to you know how to move how to you know how to to keep their their you know body you know in in a way that they can they can throw on the run so it's really interesting and and so of course a big time commitment there for arkansas as uh, chandler morris from highland park and of course north shore running back john gentry we didn't even mention him but again uh, fantastic running back there at north shore he commits to arkansas as well greg powers next on athlete joins us uh underclassman of the week let's go back to denton ryan denton ryan's loaded if you couldn't if you couldn't tell we think denton ryan's really really good this year and one of the big te- big reasons why is um is billy bowman jr uh, an athlete who dazzled last year as Certainly. a as a sophomore i believe yep. uh 2021 kid uh and this guy has offers from i mean pretty much everywhere at they're this point rolling in. they're rolling in the the secrets out on billy bowman jr and what I really like about Bowman is he's a true two-way player, 5A Texas. Yeah. You don't see it no. often. They've got two of them with him and Sanders. Yeah. Good yeah. Lord. And, and he is playing a lot of snaps, rarely gets tired. And one thing that I think that fans of Texas high school football will quickly notice when the 2019 season starts is Billy Bowman was great. Last year, I think he had like a three-interception game and yeah. followed that up with a two-fumble recovery mm-hmm. game. I mean, just crazy stats on the defensive side of the football as well as putting up numbers on offense. Uh, but what I think fans will quickly notice about him is that he's a different dude now than he was then. He's really grown into his frame, and he looks the part of a All-American-type recruit. 5'10", 175, he came into the Next Level Athlete Camp and worked out at corner. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I really got a chance to evaluate him on the defensive side of the football. These offers were coming in as an athlete, but I think defensive back could truly be his calling card. He's a slot receiver, but he could be mm-hmm. a lockdown island corner on the next level. It's it's really interesting. And by the way, got an offer this week from Alabama. Alabama just got a commitment from Drew Sanders, who of course is right. the senior, going to be a senior there at, at, at Ryan this year. Um, and yeah. Texas quickly followed yes. that Alabama offer. And, you know, Texas is probably the most – I won't, it's the hardest offer to get right now mm-hmm. in the state. They're very um, selective selective with who they're choosing to offer in-state recruit-wise. So Billy Bowman must have really opened some eyes there at UT. Finally, let's get to our recruit of the week. Our recruit of the week is down there in Tomball, uh, formerly of Houston North Forest, wide receiver Demond Demas. 
Uh, and uh, this is a little bit uh, inside baseball, but picked up a fifth star from us. We, yes, we, we named him a five-star at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Uh, Demond Demas, the 2020 wide receiver who, of course, is committed to Texas A&M. Uh, he's a stud. Uh, the five-star should tell you, but if you needed anybody to tell you it, uh, uh, I'll tell you. Demond Demas is a stud. And what's he plays a position, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I would say it's – would you agree it's the glam position? Oh, yeah. In – football right now like that seems like it's the position where if you worry about a recruit staying committed in your class why is it a wide receiver that you're worried about because all these people are really trying to woo them under their team Mm -hmm. they like to get their hands on the football and the offenses are a huge um, decision making factor in their recruiting process they want to be able to catch the rock Mm -hmm. and recently he reconfirmed and um solidified his commitment to Texas A&M and he's going to probably have to do that a few more times before everybody certainly <laughs> everybody feels everybody everybody in, 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 in on Aggie Twitter is comfortable right he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to walk onto campus basically <laughs> so uh that's good news for Aggie fans uh big time guy and we've mistakenly in the notebook I'll fix it we've mistakenly uh or erroneously listed his Height is six foot. He's not. He's six four. Mm-hmm. Six four and a half, around 180 pounds, and uh, tremendous vertical jump. And he he pulled in over 1500 yards and scored 23 touchdowns, including a five touchdown performance uh, mm-hmm. last fall. So uh, definitely uh, a guy that we'll be keeping a close eye mm-hmm. on at the opening mm-hmm. in a week and a half, two weeks. He's one of the invitees there and could be maybe challenging Zach Evans for that number one spot. It's going to be interesting uh, with Demond Demas too. He transfers from Houston North Forest to Tomball. From what I understand, the eligibility situation there is in question. I don't know. I haven't gotten an update on it recently, but uh, he is at, at the moment at Tomball. Uh, wide receiver Demond Demas, a, a superstar wide receiver, earns a fifth star here at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. To Max Thompson we go. We have a question for the great Greg Powers from our man Rob Hadaway in South Lake. He goes, how do you stop players from making themselves out to be something they are not in terms of recruiting, whether they are listing wrong height, weight, etc., or even saying they've been offered by a program when they really haven't? I know it happened one time last year, but can't remember where it's from. How do you change this? Well, first off, does it even matter? <laughs> first off, we have to clear something up that's a huge misconception. As you look at recruit Twitter or recruiting Twitter, recruiting <laughs> Twitter, no offers are official at all. Yeah, no, until August first of their senior year, right? And they are made official via mail, yes, or now graphic design (laughs) to send the official letter and coaches NCAA coaches cannot comment on recruits or prospects at all so all offers that you see on Twitter or on any of the profiles they are reported offers from the athletes and one thing that we've really tapped into this year, and I think it's going to help to continue to clear up some of these issues, is straight line recruit, the straight line recruiting initiative backed by the THSCA, which uh, is really trying to guide these college coaches to go through the high school coach so that these offers can be verified by the high school coach. It's all in their um, memo to the, to, to the high school coaches. You can still see that online where they really want the college coach to go through the high school head coach to verify these offers so that the coach knows where these recruits stand with these programs. And that's really the only way that you can validate it, I think, because it can't yeah. be made official. And you'll see a guy, you know, like DeMond Demas has close to 60 offers. Mm-hmm. He won't get 60 
official offers he is, in the he mail. Has, he is 60 he is 60 in the same way that verbal commitments are not binding. Right. Verbal or tweeted offers are technically non-binding exactly. too. And so I can say I have an offer from Texas, but that doesn't necessarily make it true. We're not saying that these guys are lying, but we're saying that until that offer letter is in hand, it's not necessarily a done deal. Well, you're talking about kids. Yeah. These are student athletes who can sometimes get offers. Keep an eye on an article coming out. You know, Quinn Ewers from Southlake picked up an offer from North Texas when he was in the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. You know, so these guys are getting offers from these colleges, and by and large, sometimes they don't exactly understand what's going on. You can get an offer to attend a camp and misconstrue that as an offer to play for the school, and that happens quite often, honestly, um, to be invited to a camp where they want to verify you on camp and then maybe possibly mm-hmm. confirm a, as you said it, non-binding verbal offer. Um, so that's kind of the way that we look at it. Every offer is reported, and that's how we try to report it to the fans is, you know, Prospect X reports an offer from School Y, mm-hmm. and that's how you right. have to deal with it. The other part of it, too, I feel like going back to the first part of it is like, how do you stop kids from listing the wrong height, weight, 40, all that stuff? It doesn't matter. No. Right. I it's mean, like, you're not going to like if, if I go out tomorrow and I'm a recruit and I'm like, oh, I'm actually 6'3 and I run a 4'3. Like, I'm not getting an offer without them actually seeing me in person and, and knowing that right. I can do that. And, Nobody's you know, like no one's no one's getting hurt by that except the kid who's delusional or the parents. Your, you know? hu- your huddle tape is great. That opens the door. But the only way that you're going to walk through it is with somebody in person um, or, you know, like a like a like a trusted um, a a trusted third party like next level athlete. That, for example, if you go if you tell Texas, if if you tell Texas A&M, you say, hey, by the way, Max Thompson, he's uh, he's six foot and he's 180 pounds. Then they're going to say, "Okay, that's good enough for me. Like, I understand that you are you're not BSing me. You know, that's how we do verified on our website is you can be verified height, weight, 40 time by the high school head coach. Mm-hmm. You can be verified by NLA, mm-hmm. and you can be ver- which we give them a true height and weight. We don't let them run the 40. Yeah. It's just not part of what we do. Um, or you can be verified by a camp like Under Armour or the opening. We include yeah. all those results. Uh, those are verified results. Coaches are appreciative to have them. And they're going to still verify those guys when they come on come on campus for junior day and unofficial visits and camp. Mm-hmm. They'll take the height and weight mm-hmm. every time yep. if they get you on campus. That's so exactly they right. want to know. You, you know that Billy Bowman could visit Texas uh, in July and he could visit Texas in October. They're probably going to take his height and weight both, both times. times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He is Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. Powers, appreciate it. Uh, we're here uh, next Wednesday, right? Are we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we doing a show? Yeah, we can do a show next Wednesday. Okay. Unless, unless Powers doesn't want to. That is the day that we're heading down to uh, to. Um, we'll basically to do a show station. and then leave. Yeah, we'll basically shut off the computer and then get out the get door. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's do it again next Wednesday. Let's do it. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can become a Dave Campbells Texas Football Insider. Uh, The magazine will hit store shelves the first week in July. I'm going to say that again. The magazine (laughs) will hit store shelves the first week in July. If you would like us to drop it in the mail for you, and don't run around to Walmart. Save your gas. 
uh, will do that if you go to Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. You also get the 2019 Recruiting Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. If you like the stuff that Greg Powers just had to say, we've got a whole magazine full of it. Um, that comes out in December. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including access to our recruiting site, TexasFootball.com slash recruiting, access to our complete archives. I believe we're now up to through 2003. I think that's it. That sounds right. 2003. Yep. Uh, so if you want to check out all of our, this is our 60th annual edition. If you want to go and look at the 1967 edition, you can at TexasFootball.com slash archive. Insider podcasts like uh, Tep and Step, you get uh, Texas Football Today extras, you get complete computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game. All sorts of good stuff. It's a it's a it's a bargain. It's nineteen ninety five for the first year, plus shipping and handling, uh, and then twenty four ninety five uh, for every year after that, plus shipping and handling. Uh, makes a great gift as well. Father's Day was Sunday, so if you forgot your dad, text football dot com slash insider. Become a Dave Campbell second like sponsor. I think we're gonna shelve Hugh Sandifer for tomorrow. Okay. So we'll if just you do, want. I mean, let's do Marvin Sedberry. Okay. And then we can have a full Abilene show tomorrow. All right. Uh, whatever. Right? I Should don't care. I mean, what difference does it make to me? No, no. Let's produce on the fly. Okay. Uh, one guy yeah, we are I mean, going to hear from, definitely. Did, Matt Stepp. Did you promote it that way? Uh, I didn't tweet it. Okay. Matt well, Stepp was... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Matt Stepp was out in... Uh, did, we, did we put it on Facebook? Uh, I mean, it's on the headline on the show. Uh, well, then we'll do both. Okay. Marvin Sedberry Jr. is the new head coach <laughs> at Terrell, moving over, uh, 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 taking over at Terrell. Excited to see what he does with the Tigers. Matt Stepp caught up with him in a 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Marvin Sedberry Jr. here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas football out here at the Tyler 7-on-7 state qualifying tournament. Here with the new head coach of the Terrell Tigers, Coach Marvin Sedberry. Uh, coach, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us here at halftime of your kid's first game. Appreciate it. I'm excited about it. All right, Coach, uh, you're, you're, you're getting a chance to watch your kiddos compete in 7-on-7, uh, learning a lot about your kids, you're, you know, new, new coach, new staff, and your kids are learning you guys as well. Uh, when you're out here at the 7-on-7 tournament, um, obviously you want to win. You're a competitive guy. You want to win if it's checkers or chess. But when you're watching your kids compete in 7-on-7, what are you looking to see out of your kids uh, aside just from uh, the wins and losses? Well, today the biggest thing we told our kids we want them to do, to do is just come out here and compete. Um, you know, they don't have all of our schemes in offensively or defensively, but it's the first opportunity for us to see the kids go against other competition besides ourselves. You know. Um, the good thing for me is that, you know, we've still got some time. Without having spring ball, we'll get to start that week earlier. But I told them today, come out, number one, enjoy enjoy each other. I think people forgot in the, taking the fun out of football sometimes. I said enjoy it. Um, and I told them another thing is that we just want to see you compete, see that you can do the little things that we've taught you already, and let's take it from there. All right. Now, uh, you know, when, when the job came open uh – you know, it, it was it was terrible. You know, they, they had a rough year last year, but still a lot of a lot of quality candidates put in for the job. Uh, when you decided to throw your name in the hat, because you were in a good situation naming Forrest, and obviously you felt like Terrell was a better situation. What did you? What were some of the things that that really attracted you to the job when, when it came open? Well, you know, as a player, I played against Terrell, and then you know, my father being in Greenville had coached against Terrell, so you'd always heard good things. I worked for Tom A. Gooden, who used to be the head coach in Terrell when I was in uh, Baytown, and then I knew Coach Gilbert, who used to be the head coach of Terrell, and they'd always talked about Terrell, Terrell. Terrell, Terrell. So I was like, well, here was an opportunity. And the thing for me is like, you know, as you 
grow in the business and as you, you know you do it longer you start having certain things that you're looking for when Terrell presented some of those things and one of the biggest things which is totally opposite of Garland is the one high school community um, you know the whole thing of the opportunity to get a community behind you have a feeder system that can do what you do and if you look at the championship programs you know and I'll take for example who was one of the most state championships in the last 10 years you got to say Allen right one high school town feeder schools all the kids know they're coming and those things and I feel like that that Terrell offered that opportunity and I feel like with some of the re uh, renovations they've done and things like that they're investing in athletics. I remember when you first got the job and you took a look at the facilities, you texted me a couple of pictures. How, how impressive are the facilities at Terrell? And what does that say about the, the community of Terrell to invest in their students like that? You know, when I interviewed and Coach Leaf walked me around the facility at the end of it, I said, can I sign today? You know, <laughs> no, it, it, they've they've done an amazing job. I mean, you know, the, the school board and the community, they, they've decided they want to invest in athletics as well. And they understand the importance of how education and athletics go hand in hand. And so with the new indoor facility, even the upgrades they did a while back at the stadium and, you know, they told us that and they told me when I got hired they said you won't have to ask for anything we'll get you whatever you need and they've done that and you know I told our kids I was like who doesn't want to work out in this nice new facility and who doesn't want to uh, you know have an opportunity to be your best all right now uh you know growing up growing up in Greenville like you did and Terrell fr from outside looking in it seems like Greenville and Terrell are, are, are similar places in a lot of ways so I'm sure that helps you a little bit uh what have you learned about Terrell maybe that you didn't know uh before you took the job uh, the thing that I probably didn't know, you know, Terrell has a bunch of history in it. Um, you know, I, as I've kind of been around with a couple of the kids and we started our home visits and things like that, I've got to see how big Terrell really is. It's kind of funny. We learned that, what is it, 75160, the zip code is in the city and it has a one, it's in the country. And, uh, you know, so I'm getting to learn the city and how big it is. But then you start learning about, like, some of the old timers have stopped by and just start telling me stories. And, you know, my thing is I want to channel all that back into, hey, everybody's bleeding red and white on game days, whether it's not even just football. Like, I've told the kids that working out with us in the summer for basketball baseball soccer the girls athletics we're all one we're all tigers and, and so um, I think the community is looking for that I think that they've embraced it and uh, that's where we're, we're headed I bet say it's, it's got to be a uh, really a, a, a makes you feel good to know that that, that everyone's so invested and uh, just pulling it pulling in one direction it's got to be a great feeling for you yes I mean it's made it it's made it really easy you know we can go down to furlough and you know uh, being able to talk to the principals and they like oh yeah let's let's make it work and you know um, same thing like I said you know anybody I've talked to in administration so far they've done everything we've asked them to do and you know just trying to paint a picture of what we want and then let's put a plan together to go get it all right now uh, and I guess the, the two hours of skill in the, in, in the summer has been huge because because that's get, especially for a new staff like yourself those two hours how big has that been for you and your new coaches to get adjusted to your kids and have, have them learn the schemes it's probably been the best thing ever because you know in the summer it's always been just lift and run and nothing sports specific well now that you get that hour or two hours a week uh to work them out it's been huge for us with the install because you know i got hired late it was may 1st was actually my hire date so and terrell was actually out of school early i think graduation was the 17th so the big thing was um the kids understanding like hey you got to be here in the summer so it's, it's, it's improved summer attendance and then the other thing is you know after we get our lift and, and our run in we get to actually start implementing some of our scheme and so i'm definitely thankful to the uio for that and i mean that, that was a huge deal all right final question now name and force you you were you were a wing you ran, guys ran the wing team had a lot of success are, are you're kind of guy uh, who likes to tailor your scheme to, to the to your personnel on hand. Can you can you kind of give Tiger fans a sneak peek at what your offensive personality is going to be? I, I have an idea, but I want. Can you give us a sneak peek? <laughs> That's kind of funny. Somebody out here put you up to that question. No. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, you know, I've 
I've coached in a bunch of schemes. When I started, you know, I was a wishbone guy, went to the wing tee, and then when I became my first offensive coordinator job, I was spread. And then when I became a head coach, we were spread option, and then we went back to the wing and naming and things like that. For me, it's just we're going to find an offense that fits our kids. So I don't want to, you know, be staked down into what we're going to do. But I will tell you this, you know, I came up with this, the hashtag Tiger Tough. Terrell kids have always been tough kids. We are going to run the football. Um, you know, I just know that at the end of ball games, we've got to be able to run out the clock. We've got to be able to take it to people because we're going to be tougher than others. And that's where the hashtag Tiger Tough comes in. Because I remember as a player, as I've seen down the road, even some of the older kids that I met, these were tough kids. And, and you know, they come from, some of them come from tough backgrounds. And I think that we can now embrace that into the program and use that. And so I, I'm looking forward to doing that. So I don't know if that answers your question, no, but we're going to no. we're we're, we're be explosive, but it's going to be fun. Coach, appreciate your time. Enjoy watching your kids compete today. And uh, congratulations on the gig. I appreciate it. Thank you. There he is, Marvin Sudbury Jr., the new coach of the Terrell Tigers. Talking with Matt Stepp. Another guy that caught up with Matt Stepp is uh, not a new coach at his school. Um, I should look that up. What's he say? Is this, I'm, that's, this is worth it. I promise. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Sandifer, according to Hugh Sandifer, has been at Wiley for uh, 34 years. Good has a 283-19-4 record there. Um, disappointing year last year. 0-10 after they make the move up to 5A. It's a tough move, though. But... Uh, bring back uh, uh, you know a couple guys that they're really excited about, and I know that they've got some guys uh, that they think they can be better this year. Hugh Sandifer, of course, a longtime coach there at Abilene Wiley, caught up with Matt Stepp. Here's our conversation with Hugh Sandifer of Abilene Wiley here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp with Dave Campbell's Texas Football out here at Abilene Wiley High School here getting ready for the Abilene 7-on-7 state qualifying tournament here with the longtime head coach of the Abilene Wiley Bulldogs, Coach Hugh Sandifer. Uh, coach, uh, you got a FCA all-star practice going on here. You got 7-on-7 going on. You got strength and conditioning, summer strength and conditioning. I saw some cheerleaders back there. It's a, it's The summer doesn't, doesn't stop, does it? Uh, no, the school, everybody thinks that the school shuts down the last day of school, but we've got, like you said, FCA uh, football and volleyball and cheer going on here. And so, fun time to see a lot of kids involved. Now, uh, last year, you know, I'd say was was if, if it could have gone wrong last year for you guys, things went wrong. It was not a, not a good year. I know nobody would nobody would around here would say it was a good year. But one thing I noticed uh, last year, just listening to your interviews, and, and despite the difficult season, you were always very positive, very upbeat in all your interviews and, and with your kids, and you you were always looking ahead. Now, I'm not going to date you, but you've been around a little bit now. Is, does that does that experience? I mean, you're a competitive guy. Don't get me wrong, but does that come with the experience being able to be positive? Cause, I mean, would you have been that way? You know, your first or second year as a head coach? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was uh, as you said, it was just a you know difficult year moving up a class, and uh, uh, you know we were a little outmanned at some positions, and so it's a tough year. But uh, the effort of our kids was outstanding. Preparation, effort in practice, effort in the games was outstanding, and so I couldn't fault them on that. And uh, Believe me, we played as hard, coached as hard as we always do, and it just didn't go our way. But uh, I think experience, a little patience uh, helps that. And we were trying to establish some some foundation for the next couple of years with that bunch last year. I guess you, you get around, you're around this business long enough, you have a year like that, right? I mean, there, there's years where, where things just kind of all fall into place and everything goes right. And there's years that it doesn't. It's just kind of the, the odds always even out, right? 
Well, I hope they do. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had been in the playoffs 24 years in a row and uh, broke that streak, and the kids, it hurt them. Uh, or the kids coming back, it, it kind of put a little edge on them, and we've been very fortunate, very blessed to have a lot of success, and so it kind of it kind of uh, stung a little bit. I'm not going to lie about it, but our, we didn't sit there and dwell on it. We, you know, our kids understand you just work hard and come back and, and hope to turn it around this year. I'm looking ahead now, so we're, we're going to look forward now. Uh, talk about uh, spring ball. What, what were some of the things you and your coaching staff wanted to get accomplished with your kids and then were you happy with how uh the off season went and, and moving into spring ball and, and then you know obviously uh, the number one thing i guess in spring ball is coming out of it healthy right it is and and i think we got out of it healthy and you know biggest thing is, you know our, our uh, physical size we're not going to be a whole lot bigger than we were last year but i think we're stronger i think we're tougher uh spring football went well it's our second year to do it and kids know what to expect how to prepare for it it's it's tough you know there's no game there's no pep rallies there's it's just it's just kind of a grind sometimes but great effort great attitude and uh you know i can just see every day our kids are hungry to get back out here in the fall and start playing somebody else all right now uh speaking of playing somebody else your kids will get to line up and play somebody else today it's not real football seven on seven but it, it will get competitive and and i know there's some things that you and your coaches can take from this and evaluate um, how your kids perform against somebody in a different color jersey. Uh, what are the things that you look for when you're out here watching your kids compete in 7-on-7? Seven seven? Well, number one, I'm looking for the kids that, uh, you know, we, we give them a little input, obviously, on what we want done out there, but uh, we, we, we give them a lot of responsibility and a lot of freedom to make plays and to go out there and communicate with each other. I'm looking for the guys that are leadership roles step up. Uh, you know, it's their time. They're calling the plays. They're calling the defenses. They're, uh, you know, it's on them. And so we, we use it as a maturity uh, process. We use it as just stay competitive, but also uh, keep your composure because 707, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk where yeah. there's not so much in football, uh, but there's a lot more in that. And we want to make sure that we uh, com- stay composed, keep our mouth shut, play football. So I think there's a lot of learning uh, uh, that we can do from this other than just the game itself. All right, now last time I saw you, we ran into each other. You, you had a busy weekend going on. We were down in McAllen, mm-hmm. and uh, you were speaking at a coach's clinic, and then you were getting on a plane to go watch uh, uh, one of your former players, Case Keenum, playing the NFC Championship a couple of years ago. I got an assist. I helped you out with a little technical issue we had you in your did. presentation. You but uh, getting to speak at coach's clinics, you've been, like I said, you've been doing this for a little while. What, what kind of an honor is that for you when, when someone asks you to go speak at a clinic? Well, it's a great honor, and it's, it's a tribute to your school. That's the way I look at it, and our staff. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing that any of us that when we go speak at these clinics that we've really come up with and invented. I mean, this game's been around a long time. Coaches are thieves, right? <laughs> we're the best in the world, and and we swap ideas with each other. A lot of people in business go, "You do what?" So, uh, but but it's just an honor for your school and uh, your program. And and I got that clinic uh, down in the valley was awesome. I'd never been down there and spoke at a clinic, but those guys are very uh, hungry about and passionate about football. And it was a it was a big time. And then heading to Philadelphia was. Yeah. Even a bigger time. Some good food down in the valley, wasn't there? Did you get you something good to eat while you were down there? I did. Those boys know how to take care of you when you go down there, so I enjoyed it a lot. All right, final question for you. Now, a lot of folks don't know this, but when you first came to Wiley, you had a dual role. You were the head basketball boys basketball coach and the head football coach. Now, i got to ask you, what what was your style? in Because ba- I know what your style is as a football coach. Were, were you a run-and-gun basketball coach, or were you more of a, a half-court kind of let, let's run our sets and run our offense? No, I'd, if you had the players, it's run-and-gun. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when you don't have as good a player, you have to say set up. Yeah, you know, but, uh, no, I tried to uh, – we tried to press. We tried to run a little bit, and uh, – 
Uh, we were fortunate, had a good run, had some good athletes, and uh, had a great wife that allowed me to do that. And, and uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun coaching both. But it, but people always say, hey, you missed that? And I said, no, I don't miss any of them. I bet you were busy. <laughs> <laughs> busy, had great assistant coaches in, in the offseason, obviously. And then, like I said, my wife was so supportive. And, and uh, we tried to just get some things going at Wiley back in the day. That was a long time ago. And get the better kids uh, playing all, everything is yeah. kind of why we did that. And so – uh, I know times have changed and we've kind of gotten away from that, but it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun coaching basketball here, made the playoffs a lot and enjoyed it. Coach, appreciate your time. Enjoy watching your kids compete today. And uh, we appreciate what you do for student athletes in the state of Texas. Well, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. There he is, Hugh Sandifer, one of the OGs, Texas high school football. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time chatting up. Matt Stepp out there in Abilene. All right, Abilene. Yep, that was there at the, the SQT uh, two weeks ago. Out there in Abilene. So appreciate him chatting up Matt Step a little bit. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. We've got a lot to do today, so no final thoughts. Okay, that's going to do for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Greg Powers and Max Thompson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.